Our scripture reading. Our first reading this evening is from the book of Ezekiel in the second chapter. And he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak with you. And as he spoke to me, the Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. And he said to me, Son of man, I send you to the people of Israel, to nations of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants also are impudent and stubborn. I send you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God. And whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading this evening from Second Corinthians. I must go on boasting. Though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who, 14 years ago, was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man I will boast, but on my own behalf I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is the word of the Lord. As we're able, would you please rise as uh, we hear the gospel. Our gospel reading this night from Mark's gospel in the sixth chapter. He, Jesus, went away from there and came into his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things, and what is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about among the villages teaching. And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bags, no money in their belts but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. 
And if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. We'll jump straight to the sermon, seeing as uh, our kids are at home and in spending time with families this evening, which is a great thing. I invite you to join your hearts together with mine as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that Jesus spoke into all the towns and villages around Nazareth and throughout Israel to all your people. And we thank you for your word that the apostles spoke in the same way as Jesus gave them authority. We pray, Lord, that during this time you would give us hearts and ears to hear your word, that you would open our minds by your spirit to enlighten us in your word as you have called us and gathered us together around it. Be with us, Lord. Point us to Jesus, and in his precious name we pray. Amen. It's kind of amazing to think as Jesus went back to his own hometown, that was actually one of the hardest places for his word to be received. And think of all the places that Jesus walked throughout Israel as we even have accounts of him walking up to Tyre and Sidon and places along the coast that were not faithful places. And they would hear his word. And there were those in the Decapolis and Gentile area that would hear his word and receive it. That they would see the mighty works that he would do and not question it, but be awe-stricken by it. And see him not only as a rabbi who taught, but also as a Lord, as a son of God, as his God figure in the midst of creation. So it's hard for us to wrap our head around the fact that his own hometown had a hard time receiving him. But I also kind of get it. Now, I've never had an opportunity to go to a high school reunion. I know that sounds funny, but my last name was different in high school. And Maybe it's a good thing that they actually haven't hounded me all these years to go back and be at a high school reunion. And there's a part of me that wants to for the simple curiosity to see how people have changed in life. And from what I understand, a lot of times, as I've talked to friends who have gone to them and others who have gone to the reunions, a lot of times people are quite different. I mean, maybe the senior prom king isn't quite so kingly anymore. Or the star athlete is a little more rotund or... You know, the one that was the class clown comes driving up in one of the nicest automobiles. People change. Throughout life, people are a little different. Maybe you can wrap your head around it in this way. Think within your family, whether it is a child or a grandchild or a niece or a nephew, um, who at any family reunion or holiday gathering might be a handful to say the least, whether it's in words or actions or pulling a tablecloth off a table off of a finely dressed Thanksgiving table or walking into the kitchen and seeing how Kool-Aid can change grandma's gravy, you know, those kind of things that are just going to cause a little havoc in the evening. And then maybe a decade goes by and they come to you and they say, you know what? I think I can manage your finances really well so that you would be able to retire without worry. I've gone to school, I've learned how to do it, and I believe that I can take your monies and get you a return on them to where you would be financially set into the rest of your years. 
how quickly would you give them all your money? Probably not very fast. You might give them 10 bucks to work with and see what happens. You might give them 100 bucks. I don't know. You know, but you're, it's hard to kind of wrap our heads around when somebody has changed. So back to our gospel lesson. Jesus comes walking in. Now, this is not the first time he's been back home. It was not too much earlier in Mark's gospel that Jesus was home and he was standing outside of his house teaching, having healed and having cast out demons and teaching the crowds that had gathered around. Remember, they gathered so tightly that they couldn't eat. And Mary and the brothers had come out and said, he's a little out of his mind. He's got to come in and eat right now. We think he's a little hangry. It's time for him to come inside and get a meal. You all need to go away for a little bit. Don't listen to him right now. And then the scribes came in, right? They said, no, no, he's not crazy, he's possessed. And that word and that thought, as people in his hometown tried to wrestle with all of that, has been going on the entire time that Jesus and his disciples have been traveling around the north end of the Sea of Galilee, again, teaching and casting out demons and then down into the southern areas of the Decapolis to cast out legion from a Gentile man and cast that demon in, or those demons into pigs, and then come back up from that place and heal a woman and raise a little girl from the dead. And then after all of that, he goes back home and continues to teach. And you would think that that word about him would be what was the most formative word for everybody. But as he taught in the synagogue, as everybody gathered together to hear Joseph's little boy, starts wondering, how is he doing all these things? Where's that power come from? Where's this wisdom come from? Is this not Mary's kid? Yeah. Josiah, didn't he put a door in your house? I mean, it swings perfectly and it hasn't broken over all of the years, but didn't he like build stuff and shape things out of rock? Didn't he build half a Capernaum when part of it broke? Why is he doing all these other things? And then they didn't believe. See, they had made their judgment about who this Jesus is. They had already got wrapped in their mind that they knew him, that he couldn't change. And here he is in his late 20s coming in to be a teacher after over a decade of shaping things with his hands, of carrying on his dad's trade. They couldn't wrap their heads around the fact that maybe something had changed. Maybe he was teaching something that they needed to hear because they already knew who he was, and that was it. That was enough for them. So they decided to not listen to his word anymore and decided that this Jesus that grew up in town was all that he was going to be. There's a lot of folks around not so much sitting right here, but a lot of folks around who have already decided who Jesus is. They've already decided that maybe he's a good teacher. Maybe he didn't exist. Maybe he's just a historical figure amongst all the other Hebrews that lived in Israel, that he was really a carpenter and that's fine, but that he died and he's dead and he is no more and there's no real reason to trust in him into eternity. They've already decided what they want to hear. And God's word isn't any part of it. As we look around and we speak into a world that has trouble trying to figure out when life starts or when life ends or 
what God's creation is actually designed to do and how we can reshape it or decide how we want to change it, even within our own bodies, to say, no, God, you created me one way, but that's a totally different thing, and I'm going to go do my own thing and say that I'm not who you made me to be. Sometimes folks have decided that God's word isn't really worth listening to, that they've got a word that's going to be just fine, and their understanding of everything is going to be enough. So it's in the midst of that setting that Jesus just kind of steps back and realizes that, you know what, if he did any grander miracles for them to see, it would just be a bigger thing for them to reject. So in a loving manner, he gets quiet. He just realizes that maybe they're not going to hear him. But maybe they would hear someone else. How many times uh, as a kid or your kids is you have told them things over and over and over in the house and over again in the house. And they go, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, got it. Yep, yeah, yeah, got it. And still don't get it done. Yet one other voice comes in and says the exact same words and they go, oh, really? That's how I'm supposed to get that done? I will do that right away every time from now on. And then as a parent, you kind of step back and go, huh, well, thank you for speaking that into their life because they didn't hear it from me. Or they heard it, but they didn't grasp it from me. So Jesus backs off and he walks into the villages and keeps teaching. And I love this line from Mark as he writes it. Jesus marveled at their unbelief and could do no mighty works, except still heal a few people and keep teaching. Okay, yeah, that's all he did was heal some folks. Wonderful. That is amazing. But then he gathers his disciples together takes his authority that God has given him to hand out to everybody that he comes in contact with and for all those folks that have rejected his word from his lips because they had already made their minds up about Jesus, he sends out his disciples. He says, here, two by two, you take my word. You go speak it into their ears. You go get the authority, and not get the authority, but you now have the authority to hand out. You have the authority to cast out demons. You have the authority to heal. You have the authority to speak my word into their life so that maybe they would hear it on your lips since they've decided not to hear it from mine. And people did. As Jesus sent out his apostles, they came back amazed at the fact that Stuff was happening just like Jesus said it would. As they went out without any preparations, as Jesus said, just go and I will take care of you by the means of the people that you are brought into. And if they don't hear your word, leave. But when they do hear your word, I will take care of you through that house. That house will feed you. That house will give you shelter. Stay there as long as you need to. And when you leave, there will be another one along the way as God continued to work through his people, to take care of his people. As you sit here, you have the same authority to speak God's word that the disciples have. The same authority to preach Jesus to people in your daily lives. Yes, I do it up here publicly in front of everybody, but you have the authority as a baptized child of God to carry that word that God has shaped your eternity with to carry that word into other people's lives. As you know all that God has done for you through Christ, as he has made you his own, as he has forgiven all of your sins, as he has brought you into a church family that walks through life together with you, through the sad times and through the happy times, through the 
poor times and through the rich times, through all of those ways and times when you need care, whether it's monetarily or physically or emotionally, whatever the case may be, God continues to provide for you through His people. He continues to provide for you, grounded in His Word. And He sends you out to speak that same Word into people's lives. It's not always going to look like reading chapter and verse, but it is going to look like your hands present when they need help or your shoulder there to cry on or a matter of just how they see you walk through life. And they say, I've walked through something like that before and it broke me. How do you still hold your head high? And that's where we can be honest and say, no, the sad things of life still break us too. But there's a hope to cling to because there's a hope that's grasped us as Jesus has claimed us as his own and says, you are my child, you have heard my word and my word will not depart from you. I will be present with you through it all. And it's beautiful when we feel the peace of that presence, but a lot of times that presence is even more felt when we're together. When we're able to sit in a hospital room together, when we're able to mourn together, or when we're able to rejoice together. All those different ways that God has brought us together around his word. That his word would be heard in our lives. As he sends us out as the missionaries to continue to speak his word into people's ears. So that when at times they think they've heard something about Jesus because they went to church a real long time ago. And then they see you walk along. Speak the exact same words, but with a different tone in the midst of a relationship where they know they're loved. And then all of a sudden, they start to really hear Christ's word for the first time. A word that is for them and a word that is for you. It has grasped you and the love that God has for you in Jesus. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done for us in Christ. And we know that you have prepared everything and you have provided everything and even this place in which we live where we can so freely gather together to hear your word. We thank you for the many blessings you've brought us in this country. We thank you for the many blessings you bring us in our homes. We also know that you send us out. You send us out with work to do to continue to speak your word into people's ears so they would know of your love for them in Jesus just as much as you have loved us in Jesus, forgiven our sins and raised us to life, a promise that is never-ending and a promise that will not let us go. In your precious Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen.